You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Out. never gonna get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> Alright, so oh yeah, this other revelation we have here is a motherfucking this this Guardian article. Uh you say it's a relatively new article. Yeah, it came out the end of December. And just past our radar of what we were looking for. But they they have some interesting things to say about a number of shows. But obviously for what's relevant to us here, they got some shit to say about Killing Eve. And it caught my attention initially because the title of the article was Killing Eve to Game of Thrones. The biggest TV disappointments of 2019. Whom is this written by? Well, I mean, they're not wrong about Game of Thrones. Hugest disappointment, I would say, in general, of 2019 on the media scale is Game of Thrones simply because of how many millions of people were looking forward to specific things and how all of those people, except for maybe 10%, if that, were disappointed. Like, that's your whole fan base. That's that's how I met your mother type of shit. I've not watched that show, but you said all the fans was mad oh, at the end. They so oh, so that's mad. a colossal fuck up. That's a colossal fuck up. But yeah, I was like, Killing Eve. How was Killing Eve on the list? But yeah, here's what it says. It says Villanelle was too sadistic. The world of Westeros was too silly. And Line of Duty swerved disastrously off pissed. Here are the TV turkeys of the year. And I was like, TV turkeys? What the heck? This looks like some sort of in collaboration kind of thing. Because I'm looking at who contributed to this piece. And no, it is a, it's a collaborative thing. It seems like multiple writers staffed by The Guardian who maybe were considered <sighs> experts in the respective shows. I don't know how it works at The Guardian, but multiple people have said some shit. Oh my God. I went to the comments because you inspired me to look there and I see some hater talking about biggest disappointment, hands down, flea bag. As a disappointment. Okay, but maybe you should talk to the Emmy voters and the Golden Globe voters and the uh, BAFTA and people if you think, okay, well. I'm just saying, you could you could take that opinion. Like, if I were Phoebe and just me in life, if a dude of all the fan base was like, you know what, Phoebe, I just feel like I need to tell you how horribly you did on Fleabag season two. When she's already been validated by her peers, by other women, by people, I'm sure it matters. By the way, little plug to check out the Actors Roundtable for comedians because Phoebe Waller-Bridge is on there with some other favorites of mine like Regina Hall, Maya Rudolph. Oh, yes, yes. Natasha Lyonne, Tiffany Haddish is on there as well. I feel like I'm forgetting another comedian out there. But it was a very insightful talk. But yeah, so um, I guess let's get to the meat of what this motherfucking person is saying. It wasn't that Killing Eve was bad this year. I still look forward to every second of Jodie Comer being lethal and couture. Mm. Sorry, that's my own feelings coming out before I've even finished it. <sighs> but as the second season progressed, some of what had been fun the first time around was lost in translation. And some of the pitfalls that I had avoided in season one became gaping sinkholes, did they? There was a bit of queer baiting to answer for. Huh. with an abrupt about turn on Eve's part, at least when it came to her feelings for Villanelle. And to see the assassin repeatedly beaten up and cornered by bad men, even though she is one of the bad men herself, grew tiresome and a little sadistic. It had a lot to live up to after its debut, sure, but the absence of Phoebe Waller-Bridge's writing this time was certainly felt. The end. So, 
couple of phases to this. Once again, we are seeing renewed shade against Emerald Fennell, and I'm sure she's right. like, every time but a bitch write about issue? me, they got some nasty shit to say, even though I got my actor's nominations again. How does that work? How do you get your actor's nominations as a writer and still have people talking that shit on a regular basis? That's, 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 that's a new thing that I didn't know made sense. It doesn't, because it doesn't make sense. So, okay. Strike number one for me is this writer saying like, I still look forward to Villanelle being lethal in couture because what I look forward to first and foremost in Killing Eve is Villeneuve. Separately, yes. Villanelle and Eve are very enjoyable to watch, but I am here for Villeneuve and the so scenes nice. they serve. I stay for the other fun stuff, but I'm here for Villeneuve. So that was annoying. Second thing, as the second season progressed, some of what had been fun the first time was lost in translation. What do you think she means by that? I, I don't know. I, I'm wondering if she means like, no. Oh, I feel like they mean translation. Eve is what's bothering me. That oh, piece that's of interesting. It. What do you think she means by lock in translation? Like something Lost that they tried to play up that they did play up in the first series that just didn't go over well that mean? in mass. But what does that mean? So maybe they tried to reuse a trope is what it seems but like. But which trope? That's what I'm trying to hold I in because I'm trying to figure out what they're looking at. I so personally, I, can I have to, it. I don't know if it's just the way murder happens, if that's what they're trying to say. Murder was fun in the first series, but murder wasn't fun in the second series. But when I think of all the murders in the second series, I, uh, mm. like, did she... I guess she just couldn't spot the significance in the murders. Like, remember... Well, that's you assuming that she's talking about murders. Right, I don't know what she's talking about. I think if she's talking about something, she's talking about what everyone has shit to say, and that's Eve. Because we know that within the fandom and within the critic circle and just like people, a lot of people are just mad that they didn't get what they want from Eve. And here's the thing that I I like a good buildup. I like tension. I like drama. So even though part of me wanted my villain Eve kiss and schmang in season two, don't you see how much better it has to be in season three? Because it did not happen in season one or two. Don't you see the growth that has happened with these motherfucking characters? I... I don't understand these motherfucking people. I mean, I do, but I don't. I do, but I don't. And so I feel like this is about Eve, that Eve was more fun. Eve was cracking more jokes. Eve was more into this stuff. And in this season, because it's the beginning, or rather the second act of Dark Eve Rising, that she's not as lighthearted and fun because the bullshit is starting to be eroded entirely away from her life. No Nico blanket, no MI5 blanket, no Bill is a blanket, no Elena buffer. All these things that kept her normal. It's just mm -hmm. Carolyn who doesn't give a fuck about keeping a bitch normal. Uh -huh. Kenny is no longer in the paint. And when he was, she was like, shut up, Kenny. I don't want to hear anything you have to say. So how is this How is this not character evolution? Again, until the series is done and the writers prove to me that they took Eve nowhere, I have to assume from these capable creatives working on the show that they are working through an arc, like most do, of, of where Eve is and that this idea of killing Eve was never about killing Eve. It was about killing Eve. Mm -hmm. The Eve Palastri she thinks she is. The fucking homemaker, whatever, heterosexual, desk writer, <laughs> MI5 agent who loves shepherd's pie and her husband's mustache. Kill that Eve. It is killing that Eve. And if that was Phoebe's fucking trajectory going in, which for me personally, and I know you too, because we're on the same clown train, that it looks like that's what Phoebe was building from season one. Ooh. And if she had an insider conversation, which surely she did with Emerald, which surely she did with Susan, how are we to assume that Eve suddenly abandoned the arc? Suddenly there's no fucking arc? There's no arc for the character? There's no place we're trying to go? I would like to suggest humbly that that's not how writers' rooms work, that writer rooms actually organize 
and like plan things ahead of time. So there's that. What else does she have here? Oh, so Lost in Translation. Is that the head gaze? Because I don't know what's Lost in Translation about how gay, want, how gay this situation has been. I want to say what maybe that? that's the thing that when maybe. you're trying to stare at it through head lenses that you, you lose focus. Lost. You lose everything. Like there are pieces. <laughs> in the desert it's, wandering. Right. After it mentions, you know, the pitfalls, Lost in Translation, it says that there was a bit of queer baiting to answer for. Where is the queer bait? Can you explain to me how Killing Eve queer baited how did they queer bait? Because the show's not over. And Eve has never stood up and said, you know what I am? You know what I am, world? I'm a heterosexual and there's no changing it, okay? You know what? <laughs> this is as straight as they come. It's Adam and Eve, not Eve and Villanelle. <laughs> I'm just saying, at what point in time did Eve declare heterosexuality when she's just been on the sliding scale of the gay spectrum and getting closer and closer to meeting the needs of her sapphic urges? <laughs> so here we are again, and here we are again, talking about queer baiting, and I just don't know how you queer bait with an actual queer character. Villanelle has been queer this entire time. And if we judge off of Eve and how she's been carrying on, first of all, do you need to fuck somebody to be queer? Question. Nay. 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 So Eve not schmanging Villanelle does not make her unqueer. It just means that, well, she's unfulfilled. <laughs> hey! In her loins, but it doesn't mean she's not queer. If she has established to us, if she's established through Bill, she's attracted to women. She can fixate on women. She finds Villanelle in particular rather attractive. And do you remember what she revealed in season two? Terence? I might not, because I was going to say uh, the She was masturbating thing. to a certain character in Doctor Who? Oh, yes. It was a woman. That's a poll, but... Um, Why I mean, is it a poll? It's relevant. It's, it's when she was seeing Peel with Jess. I mean, I know the scene it came from. So why is it a poll when it is relevant to what I'm saying? It is relevant to this accusation of queer baiting. If you are suggesting that Eve felt queer to you in season one, but she, she doesn't did. feel queers in season... No, I'm, this is what I'm saying. Uh -oh. I'm saying that this is what people are saying, whether they're straight or not, that Eve potentially felt queer in season one, but it's queer baiting in season two. Why? Why? Why is it queer baiting in season two? Because she didn't frisk a bitch? That's just foolish. What's the point? Why is it queer baiting? Because we don't know what happened to Forrest the Deed? Make it make sense. Why is it queer baiting? Because she's annoyed that Villanelle can read her to filth every single time. Do you want to watch? <laughs> That's not Villanelle's accent, but same thing, same shit. What's queer baiting? That when she saw Villanelle's little bitty gun, she was like, fuck you, ho, I'm going ho. She didn't say, fuck you, ho, I never want to have sex. Fuck you, ho. A matter of fact, I think you're so unattractive. Fuck you, ho. By the way, I'm straight. She said, fuck you, ho, you lied to me and you don't know what love is. I thought you did. I thought you could have a comprehension, but you don't. That isn't queer baiting. That isn't queer baiting. I am willing to meet up and debate with any goddamn body who wants to try to convince me that this is queer baiting just so I can show you on every facet, on every level, on every detail that this is not queer baiting. It is impossible for this show to queer bait. And why do people keep bringing it up when there's genuine, genuine things we can say about queer baiting on shows like, I don't know, Supergirl. I don't know. Ouch. Maybe one day the writers <laughs> will say that Supergirl is bisexual or pansexual at the very least, but have they yet? Have they? Have they? No, well, but they still allow for those scenes that allow for the shippers to still have hope. Remember what was before the Crisis of Infinite Earths? 
where it was trending and we were in the studio and I was like, it's trending that Supergirl and Lena are canon. And then it just turned out that it was just another scene that seemed really gay, but isn't actually but really is gay. Yeah. So we know the writer's room is keenly aware of this. That's why they're like, here, take Alex, take this other lesbian. Okay, here, um, take James' sister. Out of nowhere, James has a sister who's gay. Let's bring her in and we'll hook you guys up. I'm just saying. And you could argue that that's fucking Melissa Benoist or Katie McGrath. And Katie McGrath, she was in that Dracula show and she was serving up a lot of sapphic energy and people are still hung up on the fact that Dracula was ended pre prematurely and there was no just stuff like you wanted to see development with her character in particular because she was a very very thirsty queer character who was pining for a straight girl as we know that can be perilous for those of you listening to the gentleman jack crack podcast <laughs> it can be very perilous sometimes to chase a straight girl but you know this is this is where it is we know that this actress and perhaps melissa are able to generate this wonderful chemistry because perhaps they're really good friends they actually like each other they're aware of what the fandom wants who knows any number of reasons could lead to their chemistry being the way it is in the scene. But until it actually happens, no one can convince me that the powers that be at the CW and who run the DC shows will ever make Supergirl canonically bisexual or pansexual. I just don't see it. They've had so many opportunities to do it already. And why are Kryptonians so motherfucking binary anyway? They're from fucking outer space! Okay. <laughs> well, they got renewed, so they may just be like, well, since it's the final, let's just go super crazy and do whatever but what we want. what gives you that? Was this Legends of Korra? <laughs> I mean, when you don't have the... Well. I'm just saying, isn't that another situation of, of the fandom being like, gay, 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 gay? And it's until the end where they're like, true, it's gay. <laughs> like you guys are right I'm just not trying to see that motherfucking JK Rowling energy like oh none of it's gay but retroactively retroactively we'll say it's gay you don't actually need representation in actual scenes for it to be gay when Killing Eve is that show Killing Eve showed us Villanelle saying she gets off to motherfucking Eve and they showed us Eve saying she gets off to another bitch so I'm just trying to figure out if somebody could fucking write in to fucking me. Let's have a conversation. If you are one of these motherfucking people that believes it's queer baiting, please, 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 please. How many times do I have to yell about queer baiting? Right. Because it, it, now it has to, it's almost like we have to go to, what do you think queer baiting is? Kind of a conversation where it's like, well, let's talk about what it is. Let's talk about also what it's not. And then coming to terms with, how you feel and how right. what you need to call it is something other than queer baby. How much of the day do you spend thinking about her? Most of it. Are you two in a relationship? Define, Define relationship. relationship. Are you sex? No. no. <laughs> how can y'all get this motherfucking content? How could y'all get this motherfucking queer fucking content and not just accept that this is what it is? Uh, does she say anything else in here worth mentioning? I mean, we, we both agree with it not being fun for Villanelle to be choked up, right. beaten up by that men. Was... We did not like that. But here, here's why I disagree. The sentiment of even though she is one of the bad men herself. No, she's no, not. No, she's not. Everything about Villanelle makes her a bad woman. Everything about why she's successful, it has to do also with her gender. What are we doing? She's just like the bad men. No, she's not. Number one. Number two, grew tiresome and a little sadistic. I would just like to say a couple of things here. A couple of things. I feel like we have to note the actual juxtapositions the writers were trying to create with Villanelle season two. That Villanelle season one was incredibly strong and in power. And she thought in control up until Eve was like, bitch, I can. And she was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Right. So how are we supposed to show a feral Villanelle, the same Villanelle that Jody said she likes to see, one that is without all her pretty little things and her fucking hair done up and all the money she needs and she is just surviving 
surviving on the wits right. of who she is. That's when Pharaoh Villanelle comes out. How could we see that? How could we give Jody the opportunity to play that if they do not put her in a place where she does not have control, where she is not 100% okay, she's not 100% safe, she's not 100% recouped? That is the way we see it, that we see that when Villanelle doesn't have all her stuff, unfortunately, she's relegated to the same position a lot of women are, Man. where life is doing stuff to you and men are doing horrible things and you're doing your best to react the best way you can. That not everyone can react like a motherfucking killer, like Villanelle, if they run across a Julian who thought that she was young and impressionable and an easy victim, someone who no one's looking for. Maybe right. a runaway. Maybe I can just steal this girl and no one will ever know I've done it. And Villanelle being astute in perspective, being like, this guy's definitely creepy and I got to find a way out of here. But I just thought that was that was powerful to show that someone as confident and strong and dangerous as Villanelle can still get caught up in a situation by a predator, by a man, and be at risk even though she was less at risk than other people, as she said to him when she forewarned his murder. This is what you get, Julian. Yes, and I actually love that scene because as another Twitter user pointed out at the time, Jody's face looked like a goddamn shark. Yes, yes, yes. It was the most feral and primal we've ever seen her. And it's like, yeah, Julian would bring that out. And I'm wondering about who brought that out? Right. Who brought that side of Villana out? Someone in her family, a father, a mother, a sibling, whatever. But I know that that thing, that part of her that she tucks away when she's put on her makeup and her pretty little clothes and her couture, it's still in there at all given times. And I like that they showed us a, hey, reminder, Villanelle is well put together. She's super cultured. She's very intelligent. But also she's that. She's that feral creature that can rip your throat apart. And that's scary. At least it should be. Oh. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I guess last revelation here of Sean Delaney addressing the death rumors, oh. actually. <laughs> <laughs> Making us think that he's actually really, really, really dead. <laughs> it's so bad when you're coming to dispel a thing, but it only, it like, exacerbates it. Where, like, now we even more think what we thought. Yeah, I feel like now I'm my conspiracy theory is that the Killing Eve brass or someone involved was like, say something. Because we see the fans talking about how you're dead because of all this stuff. And, and he's he, like, I'm, I'm not good at social media. Well, he posted pictures <laughs> and then he got mini dragged for his own picture post because one of the pictures he posted was like a cover of a script to season two and people noticed like the actual episode number and season number and they were like, hey man, you're full of it. And then he was like, well, no, I was trying to give you guys a clue. That's what Kenny's up to. And it's like, okay, that may be true. But also, you gave no clue. Because I looked at it, and I'm like, what clue are you talking about, Sean Delaney? What clue could this be? And it was from episode oh, the seven. the one where Kenny nods? Is that the clue? The nod? Well, technically, Kenny does more in episode seven because he does warn Eve straight up about... I, I know, I know. But when we look at the clue, I'm like, oh, Delaney, sir, that ain't no damn clue. The only clue we could try to infer off of this wildly is that Kenny is the one to save Eve. That's it. Or he's like, I warned you, Eve. You know, like, oh, that's, that's, maybe he was shooting a scene like that. I warned you not to go to Brome. But otherwise, I don't know. But yeah, he posted that. They were really whack pictures. Nothing about the pictures he posted gives us any indication that he's actually on set. But I do believe, of course, he was on set. And I do believe he shot something. I'm still not convinced it wasn't his death. I I'm, was... I don't know that Kenny makes it out of season four, to be perfectly honest with you. I was hoping that that charger was like a USB thing. I kept saying it was like a web stick. Like, it doesn't really plug into the wall. But if it was just a bug, just so that he could listen in on Eve, then fine, I guess. Give Kenny that. I guess. Whatever. <laughs> and this very last thing, it's actually from an interview where we have... Well, I'll pull it up on yes. me. 
thing uh, here so have, I can play uh, it. This looks like it's with uh, Fiona Shaw. Yes, yeah, so she's talking about some stunt work she may or may not be Ew. doing for Series 3. Well, let's take a listen. Can you tell us just a hint about what we can expect from your character on Killing Eve next season? A lot more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bitch, we already got we some a lot. Well, she Look at her face. She looks pleased. Time. There's more. Yes, there's surprises. And there's huge surprises. Uh, but uh, yes, definitely. Last season, I had an easier time than I'm having this season. Oh yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! Are there stunts? I'm not going to tell you, but very interesting things happen. And psychologically, it's very, very. You know, we know the characters well now, and so do the audience. So yes. they've deepened this year. So they've deepened. Oh, Fiona Shaw. <laughs> Fiona Shaw, that's music to my ears. Lovely lady. Thank you so much for putting more wind beneath my Killing Eve wings, because that is fantastic. And if she says it's good, if she says they deepen it, what does it mean to deepen what we've known about Even Villanelle? What does it mean to deepen it? Okay, not just dirty jokes, which are already in my head, but what else does it mean? It means that it will become more plain as text. Okay, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. I'm already getting so happy from what she said. I'm about to cry. And perhaps that will happen on this recording whenever it does happen that we get something like that. I think whatever that episode is where I get some piece of something, I will start the episode weeping. Like... <laughs> You guys, you guys. I know Excited. this. It'll take a long time to start recording because I will be having shots. It'll be like, what was that song? Shots, 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 shots. We're supposed to be recording, but first we, we need to party. We are gathered here to celebrate the death <laughs> of the male gaze. We are celebrate the death of Eve just hopping on knobs. Like the death of Eve not knowing what sapphic orgasms are all about. Good God. Can I salute and toast to that? I, mm. Mm-mm-mm. All right, Tio. Well, I think we're done here with Revelations. Well, that means that we get to move on over to the musing segment. Hmm. Well, hmm. Musings. Any, any thoughts? Ponderings. Any feelings? Wonderings. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have? Let me not just run in with my fucking speech. Well, aside from... um, Wow, you really want no flashbacks at all. Bitch, you could disagree with me. I mean... I mean, like I said, the more we disagree, the more likely is somebody right up in here to some degree. <laughs> so we are winners anyway, even if we also take Remember else. how Eve was in the days and was talking about, I think I killed her in front of that couple that was proposing. <laughs> she was yes, like, oh, because I recently watched the episode. So uh, it's Eve. With blood on her hands. Too. Right. So Eve will be wrestling in a sense, wrestling with the understanding and realization that she did take human life. You mean Raymond? Yes. Okay. So there will be heavy comedic mention, more than likely. Dark comedy. I like yeah. that. I like that. And so, but but this. So you're you're thinking it's going to tie to a flashback? Oh wait, are you suggesting that Eve will have sort of like maybe like little manic flashbacks of her axing Raymond? Because uh, yeah. I, I could see that being a thing, like a flash. You know, like it's right. just like like a, a a small yeah. Okay. I don't mind that. I don't mind those type of flashbacks. Like if it's used to illustrate the violent intrusion of her thoughts on herself and her life. Like she's just at, you know, the market trying to get some milk or something. And here's Raymond being axed. And she's like, fuck. Right. God damn it. Right. Or Villanelle like, I love you. I do. No, you don't. You don't know what love is. Break my heart. Why don't you? um, What is that? uh, 500 days of summer. But oh my instead God. of summer, it's Villanelle. 
and Sandra Why did you oh bring up this Gordon film Levin? by Jordan? It's music. Jordan. Oh my God. I, was, I said Joseph and Jordan. It's Joseph Gordon. Joseph. Yeah, but the, so my music is that Villanelle will be the Joseph Gordon led it. To, <laughs> I love how he's barely got his name out. Summer Zoe Deschanel. So yeah, that'll be like the thing. So like, mildly toxic, up. but in love. She's hung up, right? Toxic, but she's in hung love. Up, oh, even yeah. though it's not like the right version of together that they were. But. At least you didn't say ten things I hate about you. You know how I feel about that. Film. I mean, I've I've veered from. <laughs> you love bringing up that fucking film, especially because you know it tortures me so. Film wasn't. I mean, the film was bad, but it was it was high school bad. I mean, people liked it, and I understood that, and there were parallels to be made in a literary sense because, unfortunately, I had to talk about this in the academic sense so that's your musing yeah so what is all your musing again um we're going around a 500 days of summer. right that's right that's right and what about for the for the gay beasts that have no idea what the fuck you talking about that movie because they haven't seen it and they don't need to personally right. i mean like they could but you could not there's text but it's just a guy that meets a girl and he i guess is mentally going through all the good times they had together but they're not in the moment together so you get these flashes of i guess the good times and then you're smacked with reality where things are kind of shitty a lot and then by the end he meets someone named autumn where you suppose the entire cycle happens all over again where it's like this man who can't be happy on his own and we're supposed to be invested in his happiness for reasons I mean, it might be a hard watch, depending if you're not. No, it is. Five hundred days of summer is like motherfucking Saved by the Bell. Like there are certain things that can have nostalgic and like cute little memories in your mind, depending on what age you saw it at and where you were in your coming of age of just knowing yourself and your sexuality, whatever the fuck. And so they are important to you. They have those things, but then you can look at them as an adult and be like, "Oh, that was that's problematic. Yeah, that's super annoying. Yeah, that probably shouldn't have been there." So yeah, that's how I see five hundred days of summer. Like she's all that. Like, okay. Yeah, I don't see myself ever rewatching. What was the actress movie. that was in there again? Uh, Rachel Wise, maybe? What the fuck? I don't know. I hope all Rachel Wise fans turn up and send Terrence hate mail because how the fuck? The one that did Rachel the Wise eggs on. Sorry. The, the I can't believe you said that shit. The Brain on Drugs, that girl? Did she do a Brain on Drugs commercial? The Rachel from uh, She's All That Did. Okay, so Rachel Lee Cook? Yeah. That's what we're thinking about. Brain I forget. on Drugs. I forget. But okay, so I'm sorry. I'm mad you said Rachel Wise. I I mean, she was the most what recent the Rachel I could think of. Propaganda. I, I feel like the first film I saw Rachel Wise in that was not The Mummy was, let me think for a second. Um, Paul Rudd was in there. The Shape of Things. I want to say like 2003. And she actually played a bit of a, I'm a Sondress, Just because I say when bitches don't give enough of a shit or any shits about dudes, that's misandry. And Rachel Lee Cook, the first time I can remember seeing her face or remembering it is Babysitter's Club when I was super young. Mm-hmm. And so their catalogs of film look so different. So that's it? That's the end of your music? Yes. Okay. All right. So if you guys weren't hiding under a rock or if you were and then you were rustled out of your slumber because an account decided to post after <laughs> months of uh, radio silence, um, you would have realized that Valentine's Day got a little extra special for some of us. I mean, well, there was a little post on the 13th that was like tomorrow. We were like, well, what does this mean? What's <laughs> tomorrow? I don't know what you're talking about. But then we got... um. We got the hallelujah chorus and some red and our girls. Of these teasers, so we have five now. It's four 
of those teasers with the music. But then if you count Not Long Now. There was one that came out just prior to Valentine's Day and that featured the cake. It featured the lipstick. Yes. The pig mask and then the cake. And then the second one was Happy V-Day. And I'm like, Happy Valentine's, Happy Villeneuve, I guess whatever you want. (laughs) Then the third one was Rise Up, which I was so happy to see a number of you adding us to be like, is it the rise of Dark Eve? Because that's what I'm thinking. Uh That's what I'm thinking. What was the hallelujah title? And I'm like, hallelujah that we can see them both together (laughs) in this trailer? Or hallelujah that the sapphic nature of clips has returned? I don't know. Right. So the cake one actually came out. The, it says the 17th of January, which I mean. Right. It's okay. Towards the end of the month. Yes. Yeah, right. So we got that in the middle. And then, you know, we were all trying to figure out what was Well, there's something mean? to be said about that, though. What do you think is the relevance of this first? Well, the lipstick was the love in an elevator. So I was like, okay, love in an elevator. Uh, then we got the pig mask. So it was like, oh, Amsterdam, which means two things to me. It means, well, I didn't forget about what you did to me. <laughs> In Amsterdam. <laughs> How could you? Are you talking about Villanelle from Villanelle's uh, perspective? Uh, from Villanelle's perspective, okay. I, will, I will not forget what you did to me in Amsterdam. The day you left me on red. The day you left me on red. Left me thirsting <laughs> in Amsterdam. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, And I really. guess um, Love in the Elevator was like, so you you just going to come to my school and not talk to me? So like, so it's it's. Oh, you mean with of, like the lipstick? The lipstick That's was, she got it. the lipstick from freaking out with Nico about the apple, trying to figure out if that was Villanelle or not. Right. Like, maybe it was just an apple. Like, and then she got the gift, slipped into her pocket by right. Villanelle right. Which at means, the school. So the only way I could have gotten this is if you gave it to me, which means that you were, you were right. You, you were, were right, right here. And smelling my hair. Right. And Again. You, and, you, and I didn't know. You didn't speak How to dare me. You? Uh, right, right. Right, right. Why didn't you let me know? I could have stared back too, right. so Damn. So now both gifts from both images is you ignored me. And it's like, I, this was a calling card for you to come to see me and you did not come. So Villanelle's like, so what I'm, is your takeaway from this first those teaser? Those are just the two images. Now the third could just be, uh, that I think the third was supposed to signify something like a cake is like something you celebrate. So it would have been, I didn't want to say something matrimonious because it wasn't a big enough cake. Mm. Actually, the cake looked like. I was about to compare it to Eve's breakfast. The oh, cake was, wow. The cake was not a perfectly stacked it would be like cake. The cake was The losing of, cake on Cake Boss. It would be like... Right, right. The so, failure. Uh, the L. Well, yes. Which probably means it was made by Eve. Well, this is what I'm fair. saying. Right. So, well, that's interesting because I thought that potentially it was made by Eve. But at the same time, I'm like, if we try to say, okay, what is the show potentially trying to tell us? What is the one thing all elements of the video have in common? prior to the cake and technically both the lipstick and the pig mask were gifts to eve the lipstick was a direct gift but also a reminder of like their twisted entanglement but same was the mask because the mask was part work for villanelle but it was really performance art for eve and to get her to like come out and be impressed once again with Villanelle's skills, even though it didn't really work out the way she wanted. So it makes me feel like this cake is along those same lines. It's a gift for Eve. But if it's a gift for Eve from Villanelle, how you gonna troll this bitch about your wedding? Which, y'all, we will get to that. With a shitty cake? Or perhaps to flip the narrative, it's a gift from Eve to Villanelle when she finds out about her marriage. Like, See, now that Those are my initial thoughts off of the teaser. Who knows? Well... That means... But if it were me, my petty ass, I would send a shitty cake (laughs) to be like, happy wedding. I hope it's horrible. 
Well, ultimately, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so you think of how prominent each image was. The Amsterdam mask was captivating. Like, no one's going to forget that for some time who watched Killing Eve. The lipstick from the Love in the Elevator, what it did, and what it told. Like, there was... The fact that it did not get the entered foley. into evidence. I'm more concerned about the foley from Sandra O oh rubbing that on well, her lips. Well, Remember yes. that shit? Yes, it did sound Quiet. really aggressive. Really, really aggressive. She likes to really put on things that Villanelle gives her, whether she knows the Villanelle gives her or not. Slowly, right. and she loves right. to savor it. And then she just does. be like, oh, ooh. She's like, oh, I got cut. <laughs> Should <laughs> I, I tell like it? Should I tell But I like Karen? it. How did, how did V know I'm that I love a little Karen. blood uh-huh. with my pleasure? Uh-huh. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> already starting. All right, so let's move on to the second teaser. Happy V Day. Happy V Day has the Happy Hallelujah Chorus. Day. Uh, those who have been thirsting for more uh, information, it's been what almost thirty. It's been about. It, it was almost a month because yeah. it was middle of January essentially that they posted the first one, and then the middle of February. So it's about four weeks, and it starts with what Villanelle running her hand along some sort of lacy red sheer fabric that's blowing and then we get some flashes to both their faces and sometimes Villanelle looks mad or Eve looks hurt or confused and Villanelle's serious and then Villanelle's smiling and it's all very frenetic and quick I mean it was fun <laughs> and the fans had You're like, What's a good going time on? with it What's going on? my favorite uh, well I'll guess that's a spotted on but one of my favorite ones was when uh, they slowed down the footage of the fabric in Jody's fingers and you hear like Billie Eilish singing like No Time to Die and it just it was oh, a fan change yes a fan decided to put different music behind a slowed down version of the commercial only it's basically only showing Jodie Comer and her fingers running through the fabric oh. while at the same time Billie Eilish is singing like the hook right before the strings and everything takes over i have to tell you that i'm not sure i've heard anything by Billie eilish if i was not in a store that was playing it these are just the facts of candace's oh, life no 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 it's i don't fine. know what she sings it's, it's just the bond theme so i don't know if you've heard oh. the bond theme at all the new one yeah i might have i think so maybe it in a sounds very commercial Bond-ish. perhaps <laughs> <laughs> oh dear yes we'll just say yes candace has heard it all right so what are your final thoughts on what this teaser is potentially supposed to indicate, if anything? A lot of people were trying to put symbolism towards the red and then the fact that it was fabric and all the artwork that came out after just seeing only that part of the teaser. Only for us to well, see. Well, it's because before we just got those photos. And to be sure, it looked like someone was rushing. Yeah. And they were like, well, here are these Photoshop. Things. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it because yes. it doesn't look like Fiona Shaw or Sandra O oh or, or Kim, Kim Bolnia or Jodi. We're, in the, we're in the same room at the same time, and that totally is fine and potentially likely because of people's schedules and what's going on. But like, <laughs> I'm just, I was like, they're not even looking at each other. Like, what is going on? It just felt so sterile in comparison to what we've seen for promotional posters. And so there have been stuff, rumblings on Twitter that people are saying, oh, it's not the promotional, it's not the official poster. It it's like waiting, what? it's coming. Mm. And I hope so. I hope because we literally go from this first poster where Villanelle is given a sexy choke out to Eve, who's totally into it. And the poster one, poster two, we've got the elbow cup and the dip and 
Everything was analogous to what was happening in the beginning three episodes, the analogy with the apple and Gabriel and all this fucking shit. And then we go to season three and Villanelle's got on some red leather jacket, which I'm already like, what is this? Are we suddenly in 94? And then she's kind of like a cheeky bend down. I don't even know what to call it. To Eve, who's kind of looking straight off and won the photo. She's kind of looking off center and she just looks like Eve where you expect her to say, I don't know. Like, that's uh-huh. what that's what I was expecting. If that picture could talk, that's what Eve would say. And so it just wasn't enticing, alluring, intriguing. It wasn't any of those it, things. It and the fandom lot. responded in kind. Like, I what? I personally had thoughts, but I like to keep most of what I post positive. But I was like, we saw the rollout for Series 2 when it wasn't on U.S. Shores. And they were billboards. And there were these phone promotions. And I was like, hey... If you need a street team for the U.S., you need to reach out so that we can be in on the fun. So that way we could, um, I don't know. We already decided BBC does not know what a street team is in America. Just off the fact that we're in Brooklyn and unfortunately for us, we are in the trendiest part of Brooklyn. And so the way that they advertise in this part of New York City is through faux graffiti because street art and people doing paintings and murals on walls became a thing that you sort of expected to see in parts of Brooklyn or Queens that the capitalists were like, oh my God, you know what we could do? Advertising, but like make it art, except it's not, except it is. And so that's what happens in Brooklyn. You have whole sides of buildings. For those of you who aren't familiar, bodegas, whatever, that you would normally find someone's street art or message. And instead it's like what looks like it could be street art, except you see Budweiser at the bottom or you see premiering soon on HBO. And so like if it's Regina King on Watchmen, like I'm good. I'm good running into Sister Night in the street. But what I have never seen in this type of advertising is Killing Eve. Yeah, it would be nice. And so, right. So I'm like, are they just choosing not to spend the money in these other forms of advertising that are actually more effective than the papers and billboards and whatever that go up in the subway that people just draw on and no one looks at because you're just trying to get the fuck out. So you have to have an agency that understands what that is. And at least for us, they know that it's super hard to advertise New Yorkers, that there's ads everywhere and we will find every fucking reason not to look at your fucking ad. We really fucking won't. And then we'll deface it. And be happy about it. And so they need to find other ways to get to us and be like, look, it's in your window. <laughs> look, it's projected onto this fucking building. So look, I don't know. On the I other just... side of the tube. <laughs> so those photos, like if y'all have seen them online, you already know. If you saw our tweet where we were like, these photos got us fucked up. And it's because they did. We were super yeah, hyped about the photos. And we were like, it's kind of sterile. Eve is in her same tired ass parka. Really? But we are holding out hope that more photos will be released and they will continue to indicate further potential developments into the characters like these teasers have been revealing ever so slowly. Which brings us to the third one that was entitled Rise Up. And I was like, are they listening to this fucking podcast? Yeah, Because I I've been screaming about Dark Eve Rising for I don't know how many months now. But yes. Those of you who are adding us saying, did you guys see this? Did you guys see this? Candace, did you see this? Dark Eve Rising, is it a real? I think it's a real thing. And I would like to say, keep putting that energy into the universe. Dark Eve Rising, Sandra O, season three Emmy. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. I'm going to go crazy. If the episode in kind, the one that we predicted, the one that you predicted before (laughs) the season (laughs) even releases is the one where it's like, submit it and get her the noms. And she's already invited to the party. Right. All right, so the third teaser starts up with Eve, and she's in her typical parka, her emotional armor that when it's on, (laughs) that bitch ain't going to say shit to you. When she takes it off, she might talk about her feelings. And then we have like a flash of Villanelle, 
in that same red leather jacket. And I'm like, is this leather jacket going to make an appearance? Are we just into red? What are we doing? And then there's a slow motion shot of Eve in a very uh, sexy, glamorous, Mm -hmm. fitted, okay, it is fitted, red gown with a bit of a drop in cleavage. And I call it the Hollywood cleavage drop because that's exactly what it is. Popularized potentially by Jennifer Lopez in that infamous dress that she wore. However, maybe like 20 years ago at this point. I don't know. It's been a minute. It has. And we see that and we're like, okay, she's looking good. And initially she's alone and there's a slow motion shot and there's like lace flying around from beneath her. And what I like about it, at least for me, it looked like the fabric was engulfing her. Mm. And I have a number of opinions about why potentially that art direction was, was taken because it looks like the dress is swallowing her and I have all kinds of ideas that came into my head from there. But yeah, that was the, that was the vibe. And I was like this dark Eve rising and she's being swallowed by her darkness, by her passion, by her lust, by her desire. You're better than me. Wrapped in Villanelle. (laughs) You're better than me. I saw this dress. I saw this fabric and I said, Oh look, it's the hellscape that she created. (laughs) She's the literal reason why she's in a predicament she's in. She has no one to blame and no fingers she can point at. She went for first blood. She broke the seal. This was the brought to life, the seal being broken. And now these thoughts will always be lingering beyond her facade. I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm no, no, no. You don't no, have you to. You said that. Right. I started choking on the crown royale. <laughs> it's still happening. Sorry, guys. You said engulfed by hellfire. And I just saw like, it was a combination of seeing the slow-mo of red fabric around Sandra Oh, but then also that scene that's a gift from um, Bob's Burgers with the daughter. Or is it the mom? She's making a motion, but she's in fire. And she's like, you know, like the devil. Do you oh, know that you well, probably, probably do you know? Have you ever watched Bob's Burgers? I, I have, but I don't know this. I, I'm not. I haven't. I'm not like a binger of Bob's Burgers, even though I know it's a really cool. See, look, I just googled it. Nice. So when you said that, I picture. I thought that's what you were picturing with Eve, and I just, I almost died. I mean, that choking. would be great, but that would be her leaning into what she knows to be true. I think she still has doubts. That's my narrative. Whatever. She's running out of places to hide. She's running out of excuses. She's running out of places to point fingers. Soon as How does she have me. places left? But you know what? I'm going to let you have your... It's just what it made me think you of. You to argue. No, no. Oh, no. I, I will take that. And then we come to the fourth teaser. Hallelujah. Meaning in the name. Hallelujah for the return of both Eve and Villanelle. Hallelujah for them still being into each other. Hallelujah for them being literally tied to one another in this teaser. I don't know, but hence the title. I love how the teaser starts with Villanelle. She's looking outward. She's contemplating. She's thinking, which I love. Which well, is... I'd... Okay, now let me let you finish. No, you're, you are more... Then welcome to... Okay, so what was she holding? Was it a tuning fork? Is that... I feel like that's what it is. I'm sure it was something she was going to use as a (laughs) weapon. I thought it was like a minute hand. Um, And I can be way off base, but it's just what it made me think of. What it looked like to me off the top of my eyeballs was a tuning fork to help fix a tone or frequency in an instrument. That's what it looks like. (laughs) So I don't know if that's what it is. I'm then sort of like, why does Villano have a tuning fork? Although if I had to guess, she kills somebody with a tuning fork. 
Right. That's why she has it. That's why it's in the preview because like the other props we've seen, it will ultimately be used in a murder. But what's interesting is acoustic resonators. And so I'm just like, where does Villanelle get that? Like, where is it resting? Where she's like, you know what I could kill you with? This tuning fork. And so she's doing that. And it looked like, for me anyway, it looked questionable. It looks like she was on her fushduk business because <laughs> she was giving off sensual vibes while angry vibes which is very uniquely Villanelle at the same time yes where you're like she has this fork looks like she's thinking about something violent but also like she's thinking about banging somebody well, so what is happening but that's where you always put her you're like when she has this thing fuck her fight no I do that is what yeah. I say that is what I say about Villanelle so that's Villanelle staying on brand in this teaser I guess essentially and can go with that. both women are in red which is fantastic Jody is in a dress there are flashes that is them. styled differently than Sandra O, oh, but still a gown. And so what we see Eve, she's being engulfed, and then there's like flash. And all these flashes happen. I'm like, y'all fucking playing games. Mm-hmm. But we already know the BBC likes to play games and troll everybody. They so sure do. we get a screen cap of them like it looks like they're holding hands and their arms are wrapped and bound together. I want to say Eve's right hand to Villanelle's left. And so before I say what these images were evoking, I mean the what do you think? Literally were like Michelangelo's you know the thing where the hands like it's God and touching and touching man, and they're like that's draped. what the internet said. They were they were doing a few things, yeah. I don't know what the internet has said because I haven't had the time uh, to see. I just know what I think in my own brain as I saw it and was like, "What the fuck?" So they think it's like a Michelangelo painting. Well, yeah. All right. Is that what you think? Are you there with the fans? What is the lasting if result? I follow how I thought about even the fabric by herself. It's just how people wear their. Uh, wear their thing. They wear their sin. They wear their they wear their fates differently. Whereas some are more resigned to what they're on. I think that's why their dresses fit. Differently you would be talking well. about Adam, right? That painting. That's, I'm thinking about that, right? Is With it the, Adam? Sure. the fingers yeah, touching. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. interesting. Continue. Well, I mean, again, just ultimately, uh, it's how you wear your sin. So Jody or Villanelle, she's she knows who she is ultimately and she knows what she wants so like her dress fits in a way completely different than versus like so you are you're getting meta down to the fits of the dress is that accurate well yeah it's all the fabric the fabric you wear and the fabric that's flying around you and the fabric that's wrapping on your arms where it's like i'm only this way because of you i thought i was running away remember the calvin klein ad we definitely brought that up previously in another episode where it's like wait which calvin klein ad? i thought i was running away Oh, <laughs> but I was only running towards you. Like no matter, Lord. like all signs lead to you. Like you're mm-hmm. breaking me out of whatever. I guess I was in the shell this whole time. Okay. Maybe this is the real me or whatever. So maybe this is uh the journey of through this journey of discovery. Lord. Finding you, finding me. Maybe that's what this is. So we'll we'll see. <laughs> we will see. But it's a fun teaser. It was not a trailer. Every single time a teaser popped up, we were like, trailer. Nope. Teaser. Squirrel. I mean, that's where we were. We were like, we needed something, I don't know, a little more tangible. But then again, after we got the January drop, we were like, is this what we're getting? Three weeks after. (laughs) Three weeks after a January drop, there was nothing. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. Ten weeks. And I started doing a countdown. And other people decided to do countdowns as as well until we actually got a date for the release of the series, which was like the last Sunday. 
well, in April, <clears throat> and I was only a week off, so I was like, oh my god, I got us pushed back a week, because it usually does not premiere that late. It doesn't. So, all right, that's interesting, your thoughts that you had on this stuff. I will say specifically, or rather, I give my opinions, my rundown on what was going through my mind about it. So, there's any number of ways that I feel like you can take it, depending on who is the art director behind these things and how meta they are with their ridiculousness and what they're trying to do. The tuning fork, as I said, it could be something as practical as Villanelle uses this to murder. Eve is somehow involved or affected by this murder, and that's why it's a prop in this photo shoot. Or maybe it's... A euphemism of some kind where Villanelle is still trying to tune Eve, Dark Eve, in some way. And that could explain perhaps the direction to ponder or be contemplative, but also like sexy contemplative because you're contemplating violence right, and sex gay. at the same time. All right, baby gay. I like it. I like Who's it. the fucking baby gay? Villanelle's not a baby gay. Not Villanelle. But we're talking about Villanelle and the tuning fork. Yes, and who is she tuning? Potentially Eve, potentially. So, okay. But it's probably not going to work for this hell. There's only so much tuning up she can do because Eve is her own person. Eve wants to be her own person and she's a petulant, petty hell when she wants to be. We were watching season finale and some other episodes earlier and that's how she is. Like It's like how she was with Carolyn. The minute Carolyn is like, okay, so let's go. Let's go. She's like, no, no. <laughs> and it's the same way with Villanelle. Villanelle's like, okay, so let's just do this and go. She's like, no. I'm not going because you do not control me. I run me. I run this. And it's very important to her to show that she has some kind of autonomy. But what's interesting here is that Eve has no autonomy in these shots except for these moments in which she's literally being engulfed by the fabric around her. So, I, of course, I don't think it's a happenstance that the color red was chosen because if we go into color theory and the meanings associated with the color red... You know, we have, of course, the tangible reality things that are red, like blood and fire. But then you also have the meanings of love or passion, desire, longing, lust, strength, rage, anger, danger, radiance, perhaps, determination. There's all kinds of stuff that go along with red, but they're within a certain spectrum of intensity. And so I think that Killing Eve is potentially saying to the audience that the intensity of what has been building between Eve and Villanelle is not lessening, even though (laughs) a lot of people perceive the fact that Eve got shot up as, oh, well, they're cooling off. And it's like, I would say they just ratchet up to another level with another murder attempt by one of these hosts. Instead of what I will get to later of them, probably the writers potentially implying that both Eve and Villanelle are trying to go on their separate ways and live their life separately and be like, I don't need that help. But they're lying to themselves and they're more tethered than ever. And I think that the actual tethering of Eve to Villanelle with this rope or sheet or lace is interesting because it also is reminiscent of bondage play. And a major aspect of bondage is consent. It's power. It's control. And not just that, giving it up freely. And so, well, it's interesting enough. I mean, if Eve wants to be in control of her life, the way to potentially do that is to do, to keep doing what she did, which she turned her back on Villanelle. Villanelle shot her for it and she bled out until someone found her. And so being wherever she is, is probably the best option to maintain control of her life. If she decides, which we know she will by maybe provocation through Carolyn, to re-enter Villanelle's sphere. That's inviting the chaos back into your life because you ultimately want it. Because theoretically, where she is right now busking cutting the meat that is the most simple it's gonna get for this hoe it's the most simple she could find a pretty bitch you know they could be buskers together i mean making minimum wage and just making it work 
But Eve doesn't want that life. She does not want that life at all. She wants a glamorous life. She wants a life with the drop cleavage <laughs> and the gorgeous assassin that you get to have playtime with. And so those were the vibes that came to me. And what was okay. interesting is that when they have Sandra O's positioning, when she's being engulfed by the lace, she is sort of, if I had to describe her face, I wouldn't say stoic, but perhaps still a little trepidatious or she's not flying into being engulfed versus Villanelle when they show her she's got her hands on her hips and she's proudly standing amongst the the right. fabric flowing around her. So Eve potentially still reluctant or she's like, wow, I'm just being swallowed all over again where Villanelle is Villanelle. So she is, she's planted firmly in her rage and passion and violence and everything she does. She's proud of it. She's into it. We just need to get Eve on that same fucking page. And you notice their reds are not the exact same red. They are not the exact same red. Just like the cuts of the dresses are different, although they both have fabric around the neck. For me, when I love symbolism and shit like that, I can just go on for days about what the symbolism potentially implies and then potentially be wearing all the clown makeup. <laughs> <laughs> when season three premieres, like, girl, you were so wrong. But those are my initial thoughts just off the teaser. Bondage, consent, power dynamics, passion, lust, all this stuff being worked in. And when the teaser ends, we get some flashing faces once again from Villanelle and Eve. And Villanelle looks like really angry in one. Another mm -hmm. one, she's kind of smirking, holding the tuning fork. Another one, she's contemplative. And one, I would say Sandra Oh looks confused as Eve. The other one is kind of like confident, actually. And so it's just interesting that this is what they're going with right now to give us clues. Here's the picture, but here are these cracks, these fractures, these flashes of, of chaos, of feral behavior that have always been here with these women and aren't going anywhere. If hopefully Susan has anything to say about it. Oh, they look so good. We need more of them and more of them intently into each other. We need more of them and explosive energy. That's that's what we want. We want That is Yeah, that's the heart of the musings. Um is can we get that explosive energy? So the fifth teaser we got features Carolyn heavily. And as we talked about earlier, we had one that was primarily featuring Eve, primarily featuring Villanelle. And now we've got one primarily featuring Carolyn. So that's the big three, the big three ladies in the show who definitely have the most stuff going on. In this one, primarily featuring Carolyn. I just say that because it feels like a character piece for her, just like the other one felt for Eve yeah. and for Villanelle. So it starts with Carolyn and she's kind of vignetted by like a reddish black mat is the way I would call it because you can't it's not blurry it's just sort of like right. matted out with a bit of a mask right and then you see Constantine and the shot slowly zooming in and then we get a bit of that frenetic editing that we've been seeing with Villanelle and Eve where there are quick flashes of people and in this shot it's a few flashes of Constantine and what's interesting about Constantine is they've got the ribbons doing the thing again but the ribbons around Constantine are red and he's in a black outfit and when we see Carolyn, Carolyn has two types of ribbons that are featured initially in her shots. Black ribbons, or lace rather, and red lace, which is interesting because I have to assume like everything else that's deliberate. And we have another shot of her in her coat, popping her collar like the uh -huh. boss she is. I'm like, if Carolyn gotta have her collar popped, hello, it's fucking Carolyn Martins. I mean, I know we did some talking about color theory, but I'm wondering how this all relates to like what they're gonna do about the characterization because it's an interesting choice. There is also a shot I forgot to mention of Carolyn with Eve and Villanelle and she's in the back it's like a triad mm -hmm. Carolyn's at the top which you know symbolism mm -hmm. and realism I think with the parts but she's sort of like looking off off camera maybe off to the right and both 
Eve and Villanelle are looking directly into the camera. And the ribbon, the lacy ribbon is going off in that sort of way that feels like it's engulfing. Interesting enough that Carolyn is in all black here because they don't make it obvious that red is engulfing Carolyn, but it's black. It feels to me like they're making obvious parallels between Villanelle and Eve being the same. Like not exactly the same, but ultimately what Villanelle said, we are the same, that they have the same types of things that motivate them. And the root of that, especially for the villain Eve situation, is passion for each other and obsession with each other. Where Carolyn's on that. another page, Carolyn's on some sinister shit. Why her lace is black? Because Carolyn is like, I'm about me and what I gotta do, what I need to get accomplished for me and the 12 and MI6 and whoever the fuck else I'm working for, freelancing, whatever. <laughs> I'm Carolyn, I'm the biggest boss on the planet. I wonder what you think about it. But in a way, I was like, I wonder if like Carolyn's lace flowing over even Villanelle visually is meant to indicate like a type of cloud in the way that Carolyn is. Like you guys got your path and your fuck shit that you're doing but here I am Carolyn Martins and I'm like overshadowing all your fuck shit right. with my supreme everything's fuck shit. going according to my plan actually yeah everything's uh, going so well uh, I'm of two minds one uh, the way that we uh, depending on who we are especially when we are passionate we uh, the phrase is that we wear our hearts on our sleeves sometimes where we can't hide how we feel about things so to be overflowing with the red ribbon and red lace it's like yes um your heart oh that's an interesting way to put it because carolyn isn't subject to being a prisoner to her feelings if there's one thing we know about her especially when she or when constantine was like what do you do when your family gets involved she's like bitch i'm not you bitch i'm not you i'm not gonna let it i'm careful and shit (laughs) so i think of like how regina started in once upon a time and they used to play very often with hearts being ripped out of people's chests and depending on who you were if you were one of those evil bitches your heart was black that's what it was. It was about a first black season? heart. You know, I barely made it to that show. No, and fine. thankfully, I didn't, considering all the trauma that the queer fans have from once upon a time. The only other way I would dance around with this colored lace would be if I were to assume that Carolyn... Remember, I keep thinking that there's going to be an L that involves Carolyn from a decision that maybe is beyond her control, where either some a piece gets taken off the board, that's one of her assets, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and possibly they get murdered. So she will be in mourning. But, you know, that's just... But again, she's been careful. I don't think so, Carolyn mourns. Well, this is what I mean. She's always been careful. So Just remember when she got the news about Peel from Eve. Oh, did you kill him? Did you kill him? Oh, well. And she's like, no. And she's like, oh, well, I mean, it's, it would have been fine. I mean, right. I'm I just, half thinking 50-50. And that's probably one of the other things I'm looking forward to with Carolyn is her reading Eve to filth about what she knows and expects, considering she was expecting Eve the murderer to rise right. last season. And technically, Eve the murderer did rise. She rose right after her scene with Carolyn. And she axed Raymond to death. And, you know, when you go back and analyze these photos that we got from BBC, which, you know, people were like, what is this? They're not staring at each other. They're not doing anything that seems exactly obsessive but you know I would say that's part of this BBC troll that's happening overall that the flashes of the ribbon is really where it's at and this sterile idea we sort of get from these photos the ghetto the ghetto (laughs) (laughs) but there's also things we can infer because it's Eve and Villanelle in the foreground and Carolyn and Constantine in the background, as they usually are, looming. And as I already said, I don't think both of them make it out the season alive. They're heavy. There are a lot of reasons to believe it's Constantine I mean, at this time. I mean, even just introducing or announcing that Constantine, of course, 
survives to season five. But the fact that he's like prominent in it, if he turned his back already on Villanelle for the sake of his family, I think Adina's going to go down. <laughs> Adina's going to die. Right. He's either going to be playing defensive or he has to step up to make up for the fact that he took the L last season. Like he's got to just. Did he take something. the L? He kind of got the W. It was Villanelle who didn't know what was fucking going on. And she still got smoke for Constantine. As she well, said, she was like, I'm going to find you and your family. And he was a cocky bitch. And he was like, I don't think so. Girl, well, when you think of the tears of knowledge and power and influence from a Villanelle to a Constantine, they're not on the same echelon. So a Carolyn was more comparable for the years that they've had in the game. And Constantine definitely was under... Carolyn in series two. Well, absolutely. And I think Constantine is still under Carolyn, which is why he's going to get dead because he's not, he's a pawn to be used. And remember one of the things I feel like I talked about in one of our copious postseason snacks after season two was the look Carolyn had on her face when Constantine walks away. It's not a look that says so long friend and sometimes booty call wishing you the best with your family. It was a look that said, you fool. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you really think this is going to be the last time you see me with like, this fucking piece of tissue you giving you your family right. member? You think, you think it's over? You think you out? It almost looked like she pitied him and almost like she was angry that he was just walking away like this. Like, that's foolish. And so I feel like Callan already knows his fucking fate from the 12 or from MI6 where she's like, fool, you're going to go there thinking you're just going to have your family and it's just going to lead to more murder and death. Sorry. I think that potentially Carolyn having something go down and happen to her, like whatever could lead to the fire or whatever's happening, could potentially also be instigated by Constantine and not just Villanelle or Eve, depending on what the fuck has gone down. Yeah. Only because it was going to dive into so many moving parts and depending on how the director wanted to steer us whether she wanted us in the know from the beginning or if she wants it to be a gotcha on all of our parts when things start to finally hit the fan. So it, it just, the way we'll ride into the season, I don't want to overthink it, but I have no choice because I don't have anything to work with. But true, true, true. The goal, I guess, is to just walk in with an open mind with the desire to be entertained and to not have any men strangling Villanelle all season long because I'm done. Series two is yeah, it. Yeah, that's not. No more arms, not. hands, male hands, hairy fingers on her throat. I'm done that's with that. Lot. It's that's over. Withstand. It's canceled and no more of that at all. I agree. Oh, you know what? We totally forgot to mention in the revelation section, the article writer we found of Sandra O oh talking about the new show she's going to be doing for Netflix, which is fun because I was already feeling away that Sandra O content was low. It was down. It was not coming out the way we wanted. But it turns out she's going to be starring with Jade Duplis and she's going to executive produce, I believe, along with Amanda Peet, who is the writer for the series. And it's going to be a half hour dramedy. Six episodes are planned and it's entitled The Chair. And the brief description that Netflix has shared states that the show is, quote, centered around the chair of an English department at a major university, end quote. <laughs> I don't need to know much to know that Sandra O's going to be serving comedy in the way sure she does. Will. She's so fucking funny. The Canada commercials. Come on now. <sighs> so the fact that she is starring in this and will also be executive producing, who will be writing and show running, who's Amanda Peet. And they say screenwriter Annie Julia Wyman co-wrote the pilot. So it looks like bitches on deck, which we always That's prefer. That's a good sign. Yep. I'm so happy yep, to yep, see yep. Sandra O oh hopping to a project with mad bitches are on deck. I appreciate that. Women on the other side of the lens are just as important. On the other side of the lens, on the other side of the pen, 
on the other right. side of everything. Okay. It makes so much of a difference. And so I'm excited about this. I imagine it's going to be a huge departure from Killing Eve, which is fantastic. And Sandra Oh out here again work like she ought to. And so yay, yay for all of us Sandra Oh fans. I suppose I have one mini musing before I go back to my dark Eve, which was... I guess it potentially was a revelation, but still amusing because I don't know that it's actually a revelation just yet. But I basically think that the Dame, Harriet, is Villanelle's new boss, potentially the boss of the Twelve, if it's not revealed to be Carolyn Martins, and that she was sent because Villanelle does not respect men. That if they look at her track record with men handlers, well, no, but really, if they look at her track record with male handlers... She has completely disrespected Constantine. She shot Anton. She didn't give a fuck about Raymond and charged up a credit card bill that his wife is still paying off. Oh, so no. I think potentially if you're the 12 and you're like, we've not successfully taken this bitch out. So maybe we need to go back to the approach of bringing her back into the bodice of the 12. But we can't send a dude because every time we send a dude, some shit go left. But what do we see about Villanelle when she mused about Carolyn being the boss? She was like, ooh, you the boss. And it looked like she it intrigued her. It looked like she wanted to know more. And so I think the only way you get Villanelle to maybe listen to you for a little bit and try to show half a piece of respect, if it's a woman, than a man who's like, listen, bitch, I need you to do this. Because immediately, I feel like that's where Bill and I have something in common because immediately a man is like, I need you to do this. And I'm like, no, sorry, bitch, not happening. <laughs> but if a woman shows up and she's like, hey, bitch, I need you to do this. I'm like, well, let me listen. What are you talking about? I like this. I like where this can go. I mean, that's, that's sort of like where it begins and ends. That this is why they send the woman. It has nothing. It's not to speak on what they want from her, what they want to get her to do, but why a woman is sent to deal with Villanelle versus another dude. Well, yes. All right, bitch. All right, let's get to... <laughs> Screaming about her dark eve rising, part two of unknown parts and chapters. <laughs> so basically, I already set up the why, why I feel this way about Dark Eve, which was most of what my time was spent doing, talking in circles, freaking out in the last snack. And of course, you guys know that had a heck of a lot to do with Sandra O's oh's acting talents, in particular, what she had on display within her range in the final episode of series two, and if you've not already watched that scene, I beg of you, watch it again, frame by frame. Find the gif online of Sandra O's oh face, specifically when she says that line, and then see where I'm coming from for Dark Eve. So I realized that while I went on screaming about the why and her amazing acting and that specific energy of the moment, I didn't really fully expand on my full ideas or wants or theories about the Dark Eve episode five scenario, which I guess the cliff notes would be the kill commander jumps out, <laughs> which I feel well. like Villanelle would love for the kill commander to just jump out like that. One thing I did mention, you brought up the fact that Villanelle doesn't like cigarette smoke and I screamed, yes, yes, that's the point. But I didn't say that, like, I want her to blow smoke in Villanelle's face. I want the energy coming from Eve to be so fucking rude from when it comes in that there is no option but for Villanelle to be both intrigued and turned on because mm. Eve will be out of fucks to give. I mean, I'll just try to hit some bullet points of what I would like to see because I think it would play very well because of what you said, Villanelle doesn't like cigarette smoke. Perhaps Eve knows this, knows and doesn't care. And maybe Villanelle could say something like that. Oh, you smoking now, Eve? And bitch is like... <gasps> You got eyes? <laughs> you can see. Congratulations. You can see. Obviously, I'm <laughs> smoking, bitch. Blowing this toxins in your face. That's scary Secondhand me. smoke. Right. It's not weed. It's a... <laughs> no, but it's scaring me. And why is it scaring you? I'm scaring you, know you already. Why? I didn't even get to my well, part that should be well, scary. Here's but... why. Because now Eve's pretending to be Nico in front of Villanelle. Okay, wait a minute. Wait, why Nico? Because of the blowing of the smoke? Yes. Oh, come on. He didn't blow it in her face. <laughs> 
Nico, are you, are you smoking? <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Okay, I see where you go with that. I'm just going to say that Eve just smacked a bitch. She did not take smoke bone in her face. And I will say that Villanelle's because she's Villanelle. I feel like Jodi's performance has to have at least part of what she had for Constantine. That even if she's surprised as fuck to see Eve, she's not going to look surprised. She's not going to look afraid. She's going to be like, oh, hey. The only time she gets really serious is when she has to get serious. And usually it is Eve forcing the seriousness out of her. If we go back to episode five of season one, the seriousness starts when they sit at the table. And the whole entire time, it's Eve trying to get something real. And Villanelle is half playing games, half giving realness. So there it is, Eve, she's pulling out the real. Episode five of season two, same thing. Villanelle's on her games. Oh, here we're going to do the little skit. We're going to act out this murder. I'm going to be really dramatic. Look at my outfit. And Eve comes fucking up her playbook like, do you think about it? And Villanelle, like, (laughs) every time you say like that, I lose my shit. And until Villanelle shirks a bitch hand off her cheek, like, you know what? Get get, get the cheek cup done with because it's confusing me. Once again, it's Eve pulling out this real draw of emotion. So while there are other things that I want to be contrasting and paralleling in, in the opposite way, this is something that I want to continue. That Eve's actions draw out the truth, a moment of clarity and realness and rawness in episode five because it always has to exist every single time. Are you wearing it? Do you think about it? These are the lines that we know are the lines. They are the lines. The fandom goes ridiculous and the actors involved always do a spectacular job. So I'm suggesting not only do we need something like this in series three, episode five, but it has to happen to follow the formula they've set up. So that being said, after she comes in with her gun and her cigarette, blowing smoke in Villanelle's face with her booze. And when I say Eve is scary, I feel like this can be expressed through her being ruder which again to Villanelle makes her thusly hotter because I would like for the audience in both Villanelle to not know what Eve is going to do. I would like for Sandra Oh to give what we know she can give of her range, which is to say that Eve is so unhinged in this moment. She is so untethered to everything, including in a way Villanelle, because yes, of course, they're still tethered, but they're in a thing at this moment that that feeling you get when somebody really don't got shit to lose. And so you can't predict what a bitch will do when they have nothing to lose. Their family's gone. The livelihood is gone. Any semblance of respect is gone. All fucks to give are gone. And so I want whatever vibe Sandra O oh steps in, hypothetically, potentially, into Villanelle's new flat with to be one where Villanelle instantly is like, okay, this is even worse territory than I was in season one, episode eight, because I, I thought then that a bitch couldn't do shit. I learned that she could do shit. And now that right. I've done this shit in season two, I'm not sure. Right. Again, right? You could just kill me. You could just kill me right the fuck now, which would make sense for our relationship has it's gone so far. So I have to play a very tepid game here because I'm actually confused. And I would like for it to play so that we, the audience, are the same way. Like, of course, we know that the two bitches can't die unless they die together or the show's over. But at the same time, we don't know what Eva's going to do. Maybe she'll shoot a bitch in the leg like she threatened Constantine. Maybe she'll shoot her in the arm, the shoulder. We have no idea But Eva wants to do but that is the vibe that i want that she is unpredictable and she is as feral as she can get about what she's about to do are you going to kill me eve and she's like bitch i don't know i might (laughs) and you believe her you believe her she's like i don't know i only got as far as getting to your door i only got as far as telling you like fuck you but i didn't really think ahead about what would be following these initial moments i just knew i had to find you and fucking hold this gun to your motherfucking face bitch because i'm mad i told you the gun suits you (laughs) <laughs> so, 
So actually, you bring me to something important when I was talking about the shift, because I do fully believe, like I already said, that Villanelle is going to be on that Constantine bullshit. Like, oh, hey, let me just play this off. Like, it's fine. Aren't you cute? Oh, look at that gun. Oh, that suits you. (laughs) Even like, I just got here. What do you mean take the fucking pills, bitch? But that that has to be kind of how it is, like how it's been in each episode that Villanelle comes in and it's a little bit comedy. Series one, comedy. Series two, comedy where Villanelle has some lines about Eve's bad fashion. She has some lines about whatever it's the frisk or something else or she's making jokes and she's making light. And then there's a transition to seriousness. So I would like for Eve to be the impetus of this transition to seriousness and to be this entire time pushing Villanelle back with an intimidation that feels valid. And that's why I mean like it has to be a dance between the two actresses because with as powerful and scary as Villanelle could be, Eve has got to be serving a whole new thing for Villanelle to be like... Let me be careful. I compared Villanelle to a scary cat, but they're both similar in that sense. If you ever seen a cat and they're like, mm. and it's that growl where you could approach that cat and they could swipe the shit out of you or, right. not. or not, but you don't know. And so you're taking a risk trying to get close to the cat. That's what I feel like Eve is in this moment. Like she's growling heavy and Villanelle's like, should I, can I? Should I? I don't. Hmm. So uh, I don't need a bunch of like specifics in this scene. Just a few things. And I'll mention it now, even though it was in my final takes of new wants, is that I don't just want Eve Scar play like we were screaming about in the first post preseason snack. Well, I, I do. What? Sorry. Oh, <laughs> bitch, I, can I get some <laughs> I just said not just Eve Scar play by herself. Now, if I could get to what I what I was getting to is that I want Villanelle to ask to see the scar potentially in this episode five and then touch it. So I've gone beyond what you have said and I've moved us to a new level, a new level of intimacy and desires is that I would actually be very, very, very entertained and pleased if perhaps in episode five, while Eve is backing a bitch down and she comes in and Villanelle's like, oh shit. She's like, yeah, sit the fuck down. And you're like, Eve, sit the fuck down. But Villanelle's like, yes, kill Commander. Like she won't say kill Commander, but she will sit down. We know she will sit down. And Eve saying whatever the fuck she got to say that's relevant to the plot, all with her gun in a bitch face. Are you picturing with me? Are you seeing now oh, where I'm going with this uh-huh, set? Uh-huh. So in a moment, it could be after Eve sits her down or something. It could be whatever. It could be at the end of the scene. I don't care. But for Villa to be like, and for Eve to show it to her, because I mean, she showed it to Nico. She kind of wore it as a badge of honor in a certain sense. So who knows how Eve is going to take it? I'm just saying I would like for Villanelle to ask. I would like for Eve eventually to comply and for Villanelle to touch said scar and who knows what moment happens after that i'm just saying this is on my list that's when the foley team decides to go a little overboard whoa what could the foley team even do here you know what they're award-winning so they can do (laughs) they can do whatever and i'm sure we will love it as long as it sounds like a finger in whoa Uh (laughs) sir (laughs) sir hey (laughs) I no comment from Candace. I think we all can read into what Terrence just motherfucking said. And he had a ridiculous weekend, so this Go. is why he's turning all the way up in the studio team. today. <laughs> Go Foley team. So that's really it. That's really the part that I left out is that I would like for Eve to authentically scare the shit to the extent that Villanelle can be scared. Intimidation. Because if I get anything about Dark Eve and any of my suspicions about reluctant sub Villanelle, that this would play into everything she's ever wanted. And because she doesn't fear death, maybe she fears not playing the game anymore, or at least where Eve is concerned, not being able to play the game with Eve. So I think that would intimidate her. This idea that it could end, the tango could end with Eve, but I don't think she would be afraid to die, which would make ultimately what Eve is doing with her super scary bullshit 
hot as fuck to Villanelle. And sometimes somebody you don't like or you think you don't like that much, you got a lot of sexual right. chemistry uh, and then things happen. Things happen. Mean, right, right. Clear the air. Clear the air at the very... <laughs> Just our sex advice for the episode. Clear the air. Just do it, guys. Like Nike says, but different. Would you be willing to sacrifice the non-existent happily ever after of this queer couple in order to see the scene presented on screen? Hell yeah, because I don't think they can be happily <laughs> no, ever no, after. No, that's why yeah. I posed so, the question yeah, exactly yeah. how hell it is. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So then how angry would you be if immediately after there was a realization of a villanelle to understand that the thing that was fun and the thing that was special about eve the way she was before like what if her whole reason for pursuing her the way she did was to get eve to be reminded of how and who she really is versus how she ended up getting stuck with this (laughs) husband and this man and it's like oh okay you've come out to play finally and it's like, well, now... And now, now, you're, now you're suggesting right. that Villanelle maybe get bored? Right. She gets and I was bored like, Well, yeah. Um, okay. I think that if the writers went there, I would be annoyed because from how I've perceived the characters and interpreted their actions, I do not see that as a possibility for Villanelle to be more bored or just get a new sense of boredness with Eve because Eve has been her most boring right now. Like, no, she's no, no, with no. a husband. But Villanelle... She reaches but see, the I don't think that's where... a possibility. That's like saying, do you think Villanelle will go shack up with motherfucking Raymond's no. son and Ew, live happily stop, ever after? No. Well, what you're saying is that's, that's extreme. What if that's extreme. this thing that Villanelle thinks that she wants, Eve's she, um, nevers. she wakes up tomorrow and it's that same thing like she said in a meeting. It's like, again, really? Like, I have to do this? Are you talking again? about after the sex? No. I'm but talking... then you're not making any sense villanelle is a person who they've identified by her own words and the actions we've seen in series one and two that she craves sex a lot almost all the time perhaps she's somewhere on the nympho spectrum of people who need to consistently express themselves right. in this way that's fucking fine therefore there's that so if we take that into account i don't think she can move on from eve until she fucks her or she's dead that's it that's the only option because <laughs> eve is if eve is still breathing it's not enough i mean have you had situations where you're like oh i'm completely fixated with this person that is obtainable to me sexually but i'm moving on from that without having anything attained is that how it works i mean you would have to be presented with something of equal caliber to be okay right so something has to take its place so if you don't introduce the equal caliber where do you get your satisfaction from moving on just in general or from potentially no. tasting the, the, the berry. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then be like, oh, it. the berry not. Because to me, that's the only way it works. <laughs> where I feel like we've opened in those situations, especially in your ute, where you feel like the horizontal mambo is going to be what it is. Then you get there and you're like, oh, man, this is this is wax sauce. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what if there is someone who is introduced where it's like, oh, but you don't know what Again, you're really I like. I said last snack that I don't believe there's a single person on the planet who could distract Villanelle from Eve. I do not believe that person exists. Maybe they're a potential another assassin, but then I would argue that the assassin wouldn't intrigue Villanelle the way the hiding in plain sight. No, Dark right. Eve ways. But this is what I mean. Like, it would be another one of those, no, I have to let the real you out. But you're forgetting the fact that 
that Villanelle knows about Eve because of Eve's obsessive brilliance to find her. Villanelle did not find Eve. Eve found Villanelle. And the very fact that she found Villanelle and knew shit about her is partly what intrigued Villanelle because she's a goddamn narcissist. And so if you're Villanelle, you're like, what is it about this girl? And if you have some insight like Villanelle and potentially Carolyn, you're like, the only way she could suss me out like this is if a piece of her is like me. The only way she could figure this out like this is if a piece of her is like me. And then you see the bullshit. Then you get involved like Villanelle. You're like, oh, wear it down. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, Eve Palastri, Constantine. Psh, I'm fine. I'm not even <laughs> thinking about her. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, I'm stealing her shit. Oh, I'm playing sex games. And Eve, every time, met Villanelle with more stuff. And then we get to episode eight. We take that moment where then, again, nothing makes any sense for Eve and Villanelle. She is just threatening people. She threatened a child. She shot Constantine. Eve has no time for facts and logic. She's like, come with me. Just come with me. Come with me. She's not saying, come with me to police. Come with me. Let's answer some questions. I need to detain you. You've broken the law. She's like, just please come with me and speak to me. Spend time with me. Spend time with me, please. And Villanelle sees that. She's like, I'm very tempted, but I don't want to be caught by the police. So I'm going to fucking go. Eve gets to the flat, drinks her champagne, goes through her stuff. (laughs) Right. Are you having a party or something? Right. Exactly. And then after all that shit, what happens? Sit down. I have to tell you some shit. I think about you all the time. Like you can't, you can't be doing what you're doing with Villanelle, the narcissist, and then start out your soliloquy with, I think about you all the time. And then fill it in with some some beautiful shit like, I think about what you're doing, what you're wearing, who you're doing it with, like who your friends are, what are you eating, what are you up to, who are you jerking off to, which Villanelle's like, I'll tell you in about five <laughs> seconds who I jerk off to. And she literally ends with, I just want to know everything. Now that is intense. There's a lot of people you can be friends with, but do you want to know everything? You don't necessarily want to know everything. Not you're like, I just want to know a piece of things. I just want to know this over here. This is about your life story. I don't want to know everything. She tells Villanelle very clearly, I want to know it all. The good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. I am so insatiable for you that I just need all the stuff. And how's Villanelle not supposed to respond like, girl, let's let's get it on. Just like, girl, this is, no one has ever said anything to me so perfect. I think about you too. Like that. And then Villanelle has a crisis when Eve lays back on the bed. And she's like, what is this? This looks like an invitation. That's what this looks like, because it's my bed. You're laying down on it. You just said what you said. I say with all this buildup, with all this buildup, think about the patience Villanelle has had for Eve. In season two, she was like, I'm not even fucking hoes until I, I literally have no choice because Aaron Peel is pissing me off and I'm not getting any relief. All this energy is going into Eve. You really think if that bitch is breathing, Villanelle won't be up in the shit. So I say there's no opportunity for Villanelle to lose interest until she at least schmangs because everything that's been set up says that without a schmang you'll always be wondering what if what would that bang be like if i'm right about how like how like we are how compatible we are that she can take me from my alpha zone and put me into my sub zone which is what i want how do you get over it terrence that's how good sex be fucking you up that you like i don't even i don't even think i should be in this for a while but then you get that good good and it's a mess you lost you lost lost in a until your friends or somebody helps you climb out. What are they like, what's wrong with you? Like, I'm in a good sex cave. I don't know. I just, every time it happens, I, I literally lose my mind from the pleasure and I can't make real decisions. And so that's my opinion. I understand what you're saying, but I'm just like, bitch, where? Bitch, who? Bitch, how? Who can compare to Eve Palastri given the things about her that intrigue Villanelle besides her lovely lock of hair and her older woman kink? Where she's like, I can't learn stuff from young girls, but from older ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I look at my waveform. I've been screaming Would so you much, like but to watch the sound of music. <laughs>
Oh, you trolling me right no, now, Eleanor I, Parker? I, that listen, Villa may be into the sound of music. We don't know. Well, she might know. We might know. We don't know. <laughs> we might know. Fraulein. <laughs> I mean, is that was that something that you were just saying to rile me up, or do you actually no. think she could lose I th- interest? Like. Yes. People write in hate mail to Terrence. <laughs> I feel like I'm always requesting hate mail for you, but yeah, I'm going to request it. What? My Bitch, that's was... when you on a podcast by yourself. Because if they write some shit, oh, Eve is lost interest in Villanelle. Bitch, I don't know. I will, I will write a strongly worded I mean, seven page letter to all publications for them to publish it and be like, this is my, this is my open note. <laughs> 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 to the creators of Killing Eve and Phoebe Waller-Bridge herself to be like, how could you let this happen? But yeah, I just don't, um, as, as for what I can perceive right now for storylines, I just can't, I can't make it work.